Welcome everybody to the Magic Beans Podcast. We are back again for episode number 140. I'm your host tonight and my name is Shorty and I have a couple of beans on the line with me. So tonight we have Chewy. How's it going mate? I'm very well mate. How are you? Pretty good. And we also have Cracker. How's it going Cracker? Good. Thanks buddy. Good to hear. Uh, apologies if uh, <laughs> a small child coughing in the background <laughs> comes through on the final edit of this podcast, but uh, yeah, there's one just down the hallway for me coughing his lungs up. Anyway, all good. It's not the, it's not the Rona. Well, if we don't think so, <laughs> it's it's fine. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> yep. Don't do rats until Sunday then, Shorty, because we need you for Saturday, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, that's how it seems to work these days. <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, we have a uh, we actually have a, a lot of things. We were talking, I was talking to Chewy on the weekend, and we were talking pre-cast that between this week and next week, there's like fifty different things that we need to to fit into podcast. I think Chewy, you actually suggested maybe we do a bonus episode this week. It's yeah, it was it was looking that way because like it never rains but it pours, right? Like we've had oh, there's not much happening in Magic this week. Well, here's a topic to talk about, and then all of a sudden, it's like when you're drafting and you get a pack that's got nothing that you want, and then you get a pack that has like four cards that you want. That's that's <laughs> what this episode. This is yeah. So can we just take four cards out of this pack and skip the next three picks, please? Yeah, I mean yeah. we've had a, quite a few weeks of just sort of not that much happening with huge gaps between set releases and, and all that sort of thing. So, But, yeah, it all comes at once, as, as tends to happen. So, yeah, lots of things to talk about. But before we get into that, Cracker, do you want to tell everyone about our awesome sponsors? Love to. It is Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They're a Facebook auction page. You hear us talk about them every week. But we love them. We love what they do. There are Win It Now auctions. Win It Now. I say auctions every time. In Win It Now <laughs> posts where you can just buy cards for amazing value or there are auctions that go up every night where you can just place bids on sweet, sweet magic cards and get really good deals. The price is always really excellent. You, you can always find something. And yeah, they help us do what we do and sponsor our tournament series, which we're going to talk a lot about tonight. So big thank you to Josh and Pats for that. You can go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au and that will take you right to their Facebook page. And when you win an auction, you can pick up sweet, sweet tokens we've talked about before, uh, including the... The ones created by our invitational winners. And yeah, that's what we're leading towards in the end of the year. So check them out and let them know the bean sent you. Very good. Uh, we actually got our hands on the um, the turns counter, which was the Jedi's Walker invitational card uh, on, on the weekend, didn't we, Chewy? Yeah, it was great. So it's a, a little goblin counting beans, which is excellent. And uh, we even got to use it during extra turns at the RCQ on the weekend. Uh, so... <laughs> Yes, as soon as we had it, we were uh, we had a use for it, which was fantastic. Very good. But, uh, yeah, we will get into that RCQ a little bit more. Before we get into that, though, we've got some Dominaria previews. So, like I said before, we've been waiting, what, four months <laughs> since the last standard set came out, I think. It was at least three months, uh, which is Streets of New Capenna. That was the last set, wasn't it? It's, it's that, that feels like it's been out it for ages now. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Wizards did their weird release schedule this year because they had the Baldur's Gate set in between. And so, uh, yeah, we haven't had hardly any information or any previews or anything like that to talk about. And now it's like full swing. There's just a huge amount of cards coming out every day, uh, as well as Commander cards getting previewed at the same time, which doesn't make things confusing at all. 
and the set actually comes out next weekend. So it releases on Arena on the 1st of September, so that we should be Friday the 2nd in the middle of the night, I think, for us. And then there's a paper pre-release on the same weekend, and then the actual paper release is the following weekend. So it's yeah, it's going to be a very short preview window. So because we do have a lot of things to talk about tonight, we're not going to go right into the previews, but we do have a couple of cards that we want to shout out. So Chewy, do you want to start us off with one? Yeah, I'm going to start off with uh, a commander. It's soon to be a five-color commander staple. So for every uh, every Wooburg commander deck out there is going to want to get their hands on a copy of Timeless Lotus. It's a five mana value legendary artifact. It enters the battlefield tapped, but it has tap add Wooburg. So my five-color commander decks, you know, play Gilded Lotus and things. This comes into play tap, so you're not getting the mana straight away, but you're getting, yeah, specifically Wooburg every time, which is pretty amazing. So, yeah, I think this will just, you know, any deck that wants this, any commander deck, I mean, will just go straight into this. And, you know, maybe we'll see some uh, massive artifact ramp uh, strategy in, in standard that'll utilize this as well. Maybe not, but uh, obviously really powerful, and anything with Lotus on it is obviously going to pique people's interest. So, yeah, I, I think this is balanced because it enters tapped, uh, but, you know, commander games tend to go long, and you, you'll get a lot of value out of this. You know, it's a, it's a very good card. It's already pre-ordering for, like, 30 US dollars. So I think Jeweled Lotus was the last one that we had from the first Commander Legends, and that card got super expensive, and the... Uh, full borderless extended art whatever they are foil ones are like a thousand bucks or something crazy so who knows this is a standard set so it's a little bit different but it's yeah if it does see consistent commander play it's going to be quite expensive uh cracker what's your yeah shieldred the apocalypse it is two black black for a legendary creature praetor phyrexian praetor death touch whenever you draw a card you gain two life whenever an opponent draws a card they lose two life and it is a 4-5. Wow. And I know that this card's good. <laughs> I think this card <laughs> is insane, just quietly. Mm, maybe. Like, it's a 4-mana four 4-5 four that doesn't do anything on the turn it comes into play, which is the biggest problem with it. I I don't know. I feel like it's it's not quite... Like, it's Shieldred the Apocalypse. It doesn't feel apocalyptic. Well, it doesn't I, I blow stuff Shieldred up when it comes Whispering. to... The- no, no, I love Shieldred the Whispering One, obviously, because it, it edicts a creature from your opponent every turn, and then it reanimates something... In your upkeep. So, like, they have to Just kill it on the turn nasty. it comes down. Yeah. Yeah. And it's six mana and it's a six six, right? So, like, it's it's disgusting. But, yeah, I don't know. This one, I, look, I think it's, it is it is really good. This this card is, is going to be really strong. Uh, and I, you need to work out a way to abuse the, you know, either the life gain or the, the damage. Not that you really want your opponents to draw extra cards. I don't know. I, I think it, this is just a clock. This is, this is the... Curve topper because decent stats is a curve topper in a, a red black like aggressive black or, or, or mono black yeah. aggro yeah so there, there are some decent mono black cards like running around in in standard and explorer I don't think this is gonna you know bump Kalatas out of the explorer red black deck but uh, I think this will have a home in standard for sure yeah, yeah I, okay. I could definitely see it seeing playing commander because it is a whenever an opponent draws a card they lose two life so. If you manage to mm-hmm. go around the table, all of your opponents are losing 
two life each time they draw a card and as we know in commander everyone is just always drawing extra cards all the time so especially when people cast wheel of fortune yeah correct seems good and look, yeah i mean that's that's the sort of thing you you, you would put it in like a nekusar kind of mm-hmm. deals damage whenever people draw cards thing like it it slots right in there but i was thinking more in like a, a standard explorer sense uh yeah i, I think it, it's it's an interesting stat line four five is i don't know what do we think it's kind of siege rhino yeah yeah like four mana four five death touch is is not bad like no one needs death touch it's a four five like it's it doesn't most things it does, you know, block, I don't know, titans of industry. <laughs> also, it lets you attack in and, you know, if they've got two mid-range creatures and they double block, you know, you know you're going to get that value anyway. So, like, yeah. Death Touch is always a relevant ability. It's a good, it's good stats, like four, four mana, four, five is great. Uh, and it it's a, it's about chip damage, I think. And if you think about the, the red-black... Uh, like anvil decks and, and things like they do a lot of nickel and diming. Uh, this this plays into that strategy and just gives the deck that that little bit more reach as well. So uh, a lot of decks are playing uh, Fable of the Mirror Breaker, which lets them rummage, and you know you're going to pick up a few extra points of damage there. Oh, that's true because that's because uh, you're going to play card. Fable that's as well, right? Yeah. So you're yeah, going to yeah, gain the it, life it, and yeah, yeah, but it's, it also means that they would lose. Four. They'd lose six in that turn because it's draw step then for each of the two cards. Exactly. So, so, like, yeah, okay. that's right. that's pretty good, right? So, I, I think it'll add up. And then if you're, yeah. you know, only cult anviling them and, and getting in the few attacks, mayhem devils, then, you know, the damage is going to accrue pretty quick. So, I think it just complements what's already there. I, I don't think it's going to, you know. It's not a four of, though. It's not no. the sort of thing you can just no, do. You probably play two. As well. yeah. yeah, well, yeah. of course. So, yeah, yeah, but I think your Siege Rhino uh, comparison uh, is, is fair, but probably that's its flaw, I think. And there's already a deck that would support it where, you know, people were trying to make up Siege Rhino things because there wasn't already a deck for it. So I think this is probably going to see more play than the Rhino. What about you, Shorty? Let's grab your eye today. Uh, yeah, this card got previewed a few days ago and is slotting straight into many a mono red deck, and that is Phoenix Chick. <laughs> Just coolest, <laughs> coolest name ever, Phoenix Chick. Great. <laughs> Such, Such cute art, too. So many memes, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, the art is just awesome. <laughs> uh, so this is a single red for a creature Phoenix, and it's a 1-1. One, one. And it has it's a yeah one one with flying and haste done sold yep lock it in uh, it can't block don't care even d- just those stats I'd probably be fine uh, playing that in, in like a lot that of th- decks. that stat line as it is is Shorty's invitational card right there. yes <laughs> yeah, pretty much uh, and then it's got as uh, being a phoenix it wants to come back from your graveyard so whenever you attack with three or more creatures you may pay red red if you do return phoenix chick from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped and attacking with a plus on plus on counter on it so it's not like when you're playing you know mono red aggressive decks especially if you're playing like an Embercleave version, you're sort of wanting to go wide anyway. So attacking with three creatures is not that hard. And then red, red, well, that's easy to pay. No no worries there. And the fact that it comes in tapped and attacking, you're getting, so it comes in as a 2-2 and you're getting in with that 2-2 straight away. It's not just meet some condition and return this to the battlefield and, you know, next turn you can attack with it or something like that. And there's also no sacrifice it at the end of turn or anything like that it's just you just get a 2-2 that's also getting in there 
captain attacking. So you can also do sneaky things with timing with Embercleave where you declare attackers and then, well, I believe this is this is how it will work. You declare attackers, so you've got three attackers. You pay red-red to bring these back from your graveyard. You then have four attacking creatures for Embercleave, so you actually you should get another one discount on an Embercleave because I think Embercleave Correct. just counts how many creatures are attacking when you, yeah, so when you, you go to You can actually it. cast Embercleave all the way up until the end of combat. Yeah, yeah. Because they are attacking creatures until yep. you move into your second main phase. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's where... The, the red-red to save one mana off Embercleave is not actually a discount, though, but you're getting an no, extra damage yeah, in the air extra, with this You're getting an so. extra attacker, and, and maybe this is what you put the Embercleave on. You know, you bring this back from your graveyard. Yeah. It, yeah, gets the Embercleave on it, so it's a 3-3 three, three double striker in the air, like... Yes, please. <laughs> Thank you. Because uh, flying creatures in mono red is definitely not something you see very often, not in the, the low to the ground Embercleave style versions. And yeah, for having flying with haste is is a very good combination. So I'm super excited about this card and it's going straight into mono red in Explorer, 100%. Nice. What I like about this card is that you can't play it wrong. <laughs> because it does, it's just like, all right, I'm attacking because I can't block. So it doesn't, it just, it prevents you from making mistakes of just not getting in there every turn, which it's is like what lava, you should be doing. Lava Spike. I remember exactly. Mike, Mike Flores saying like, Lava Spike is the perfect card because you, you cannot get it wrong. It's sorcery. So there's no like trying to do anything tricky on your opponent's turn or anything like that. It's like you, you've got to cast it in your main phase and it only deals three damage to to. I think it's a target player or just your target opponent? opponent? Yeah, target opponent. Three damage to target player or planeswalker. I'm, yeah. I'm holding yeah. our RCQ promo Lava Spikes. Oh, in my right see, now. <laughs> oh, no, the errata text ruins uh, it. It was yeah, better yeah, if you could it, only yeah. go face. Yep. You could yep. only- okay. Now you've got choices. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Plenty of yeah, opportunity to mess Red it up. majors don't like that, yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> face uh, is the place, man. <laughs> yep, <laughs> face yep. is the place. Anyway, uh, yeah, cards, you, cards you, Yep, you've got one more, Chewy. Yeah, just one more. So I did one for you know Commander from a casual format, but I it would be remiss if I didn't talk about Cut Down, uh, which is one black for an instant and destroy target creature with total power and toughness five or less. So this is situationally better than Fatal Push, but probably not in enough situations to be better than Fatal Push, if you know what I mean. But it's in the conversation with cards like like Fatal Push, where it it kills so many things, and uh, it it is instant speed. It's it's super cheap. Uh, this will be seen in many many standard decks and explorer decks, and potentially uh, even you know reaching back to to modern if there's a matchup where a Fatal Push deck wants more copies, uh, then they they can. Uh, run some of these so i think this card is uh is very good and we'll see a, a lot of play and uh it's an uncommon uh it's you're gonna have a lot of your creatures die in limited to this thing so uh <laughs> and i will first pick it at some point no doubt yeah definitely yeah like in in like in the fatal push comparison you know fatal push can kill mana value four or less things if you meet the condition so if you're killing you know Sheldred with a fatal push, you've certainly got your your money's worth there. Like you, you're killing a pretty big creature that's got a lot of power on it. Whereas cut down, you're probably not really going to kill more than a two drop. You know, most three drops that actually get played are four fours and and things like that. So 
it really it's it's kind of like the unenabled version of Fatal Push. You're really only killing mana value two or less in in most circumstances. Every now and then something weird's going to come up, like someone your opponent's going to have a one four or something like that, and you know three mana one four in draft or whatever. But uh, in constructed, yeah, I, I think it's it's certainly going to be strong in standard, and yeah, who knows beyond that? Depend. I guess it depends on the um, the meta game. Turns out half of Fatal Push is still a really good card. <laughs> yes, very very true. All right, so we're not going to go into much more in Dominaria. We'll do the mechanics uh, discussion next week. Cracker will put his mechanics voice on and uh, give us the lowdown. Uh, and by then, we'll have the entire set previewed. So we'll probably pick a few more cards. But yeah, we just don't have the time between this week and next week to go right into it. But like, just quick thoughts on on Dominaria United. What are you guys thinking so far? I think it's great. Uh, for the cards I've seen so far, all look powerful, but like nothing is jumping out as being like super busted. Like I, I haven't seen nothing's identified itself as like an Oko yet. Uh, but that's going to be just like the comparison. Every set comes out. Is there an Oko? No. Okay, we're good. <laughs> uh, and stained glass art is insanely pretty. Oh, yeah. It's so good, and uh, I like the the multicolored cards. Um, there's some sweet kicker. Um, cards getting around that'll see play so i'm really excited about it. this is a shake-up that we need um it'll make me want to play standard again probably so that's my take craig yep. what do you reckon yeah I- agree the the set seems really sweet i like the mechanics they've got i think they're some of them are really clever without being clever if that makes sense <laughs> they're really well implemented i think that they'll play really elegant well. yeah yeah elegant that's that's a good way for it um rather than just being like something for the sake of it i think they've done a really good job and lots of really nice throwbacks to not just you know the most recent dominaria set but like a lot of the previous ones as well i think it's a, a very nice homage so good job yeah they did a really good job the last time we went back to dominaria it was um yeah all those nostalgia feels and, and references and, and all that sort of thing was was very well done and the, and the set was very well received it was the set that brought in sagas the limited format was really good so there's, there's pretty high bar that's been set for this set but so far it's looking like it's going to be there one thing we haven't well we haven't we haven't got any docket for tonight we probably won't even talk about it next week but there was the wizard stream last week where they announced next year's sets that are coming out so we're staying in dominaria for quite a while we've got a bunch of phyrexian stuff and then we're going back to eldraine and then back to ixalan so that's going to be interesting eldraine is was one of the most powerful sets we've seen in years and ixalan was one of the most underpowered sets we've seen in years so hopefully they can find some sort of balance in between i hope they reverse them man i hope the eldraine is just horribly <laughs> underpowered and ixalan is just busted op yeah yeah uh, and then yeah with which is something we will talk about a bit more next week. But with the release of uh, Dominaria, we see rotation in the standard. So that's there's going to be a huge shake-up anyway. And then hopefully this set sort of lays out the groundwork for a really good standard format. So we'll talk about that more in next week's episode. So next topic to get into was the modern uh, RCQ that we played on the weekend. So Chewy, do you want to give us a bit of a rundown on what that was and how we went and how you went? Uh, yeah, so we went to uh, our de facto LGS. It's not probably not the most local for a lot of us, but uh, it, it 
uh, Games Portal at Ringwood. Uh, they ran modern. Uh, there's always a good modern community at Ringwood, so they decided to run that format over ex- uh, Pioneer. Nearly said Explorer. Uh, and I think we had 31 players. Uh, shout out to Games Portal. They gave out prizes uh, as if there were 32. That was the the uh, cutoff for a certain prize payout. So shout out to them for being good humans. Uh, so there was a, a few beans and then some of the uh some of the bean sprouts from our uh from our discord were there also so uh you were there polly waffle was there i was there uh we also had uh tom d uh map from our discord was working uh at the store and uh we had jedi's walker made the trip all the way up from geelong so it was awesome to see a bunch of uh bunch of you know people that we interact with regularly good to see them in the flesh uh and also a friend of the podcast riley uh was there as well uh i had one of those just dirty days i was playing uh <laughs> eldrazi tron and i drew two cards for the entire tournament it's a four of in my deck it's a key card in my deck and i just it just never showed up uh and i ended up with a two three finish so uh pretty disappointing uh had some good games uh had some really great opponents and was good to hang out but yeah it um was a bit of a bit of a fizzer for me personally how'd you go shorty uh, I spoke about this on the stream on Monday. I gave like a very long protracted tournament report in between talking about the plays that I was making. So it was like a tournament report over the space of two hours. But uh, yeah, I ended up one three and one. Started the day great with a with a two zero win against four color playing mono green Tron as I spoke about last week. And then round two lost a game that I should have won in in turns with a, some a very very complicated situation involving trying to map out my turn and then my opponent's turn that I was going to take with an Emrakul and then their turn that they were going to take after that and then me getting the last turn of the game trying to think of four turns <laughs> when you've got you know you're the last match that's being played in the tournament and everybody's standing there watching you and you haven't played a competitive tournament in 3 years that was quite stressful so i completely stuffed that up and lost that and then uh he was so yeah, nervous he was shaking cracker oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep and then lost to red black then lost to burn which again is a game that i probably actually should have won in despite it being a horrible matchup and then uh went uh got a draw and an unintentional draw against four color in the last round so it was fun had an absolute blast playing magic but yeah by the end of the day it's like oh man i've forgotten how draining it is to play a physical paper tournament and i forgot how many times i'm gonna have to shuffle my deck in (laughs) in one day but yeah it was was very cool so what did we see in the top eight chewy uh so we saw two of, there was a lot of four-color Money Pile Omnath uh, in the room, more than I was expecting. Yeah, I, think, was, I think there was like six or seven, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I played it twice and was one-on-one, one, and you played, yeah, it, no, I played it twice, twice. and was one-oh-one. Is that correct? Yep. 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 Um, so, yeah, there was two copies of, of Omnath, two copies of Is It Merktide. There was a Lotus Field combo uh, that made top eight. There was Burn. Uh, then there was Tom D who made top eight with blue living end. So shout out Tom D well done. I think he finished in the top four in the end. 
And the eventual winner was our mate Riley on Amulet Titan, the only copy in the room, and and ran the tables. I think he had a round one buy just because of the yeah, odd number. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, was lamenting how bad his breakers would be and then just didn't lose. So, well, he, so he, he had round one buy, then he won his next two rounds and then just ID'd these last two rounds to top eight. So he only played two what? matches to get you to the top eight and then won his top eight matches. So. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah, well done, Riley. So, yeah, Amulet Titan with uh, what's the jellyfish, the blue green X jellyfish? Hydrocrasis. Hydrocrasis, yeah. Hydrocrasis. Yeah, yeah, so really? playing the. Spicy. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a, a bit of an updated build. And uh, I'd finished a match and sort of wandered over and watched him like sun home to double strike his 10 10 crasis for the win. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty gas. So, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was a, a lot of different decks. I played uh, a Murktide deck, an Elves deck, a red-black uh, sort of discard mid-range type deck and a uh, two copies of uh, of Omnath uh, in, were my matchups, so pretty diverse. Uh, but Chris, Chris played uh, Cabal Coffers something. <laughs> Yeah, it was I just hard. Even know hard. What it was. Yeah, cause the <laughs> was Cabal Coffers. Group. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Um, so, if anybody's played Commander with Chris, you know he loves like the big mana things and Cabal Coffers and Urborg, uh, always his jam. And Cabal Coffers, for some reason, isn't legendary. So, you know, you can play Thespian Stage and, and all the rest of it. And then, turns out, with all of the ramp spells you get in modern. You can cast like fifteen minute Emrakul on like turn four, so uh, and that's just good enough in a lot of cases, right? <laughs> so um, it's uh, I think he went three two um, in the end. He did, a, yeah. A match at a, a top eight, so yeah, uh, maybe with a bit of tuning and a bit more practice, you know, he might be able to you know do some real damage with that deck. So just hard cast Emrakul, man. <laughs> It's a strat. You, it's a you strat. used to do that back in the the, OG the KCI, KCI days. days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So, it's it's a, a really cool uh, deck that you know a lot of people probably weren't expecting, and yeah, ran well. Yep. And Jedi's Walker was also on four color, not playing the eighty card Yorion pile, but uh, yeah, still still playing four color. Just pile of expensive cards. My round one opponent was playing 80 cards and had just freshly re-sleeved their deck. And oh boy, did they struggle keeping that deck under control. The, like the first go everywhere. Well, the first lot of shuffling, it ended up on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, it was like like every time you, you know, cut their deck or whatever, it's like you have to precariously place the the pile of cards back and then like make sure it doesn't slide off and yeah just not not a good idea if you're gonna, yeah, gonna play no, 80 cards you. shuffle it up make sure your sleeves are you know slightly worn a little bit so they're not sliding everywhere and yeah so at, much at least shuffling. it's a self-correcting problem where like if your cards fall on the ground a couple of times you're gonna get all sticky and dirty so you know like you're, <laughs> you're, you're fine quickly yeah you've only got to drop uh, them a couple of times yeah for sure yeah, yeah uh, yep. so yeah, but that was that was modern. Um, you know, uh, a bit of a forgettable uh, event from a results perspective, but a memorable event for you know the first time in a long time that we played like an actual serious event with de- decent numbers. Uh, and man, I have missed it. 
and oh, yeah. I, I, uh, I loved it, and I'm, you know, I want more. Yeah, like what it did for me was one remind me I need to practice <laughs> playing with decks before I go to tournaments, as you know, as as is the case always, but like rust is a serious thing like not playing oh, yeah. tournament magic and and like actually playing properly and having to think through serious I was decisions so tired oh yeah it was night. just so oh. bad yeah. but what it, the main thing i got out of that weekend was i am so excited about sydney <laughs> I yeah. cannot wait till November when we can just play a solid weekend of just magic, magic, magic all weekend. It's going to be so exciting. So, yeah, absolutely hanging for that. And I think we've managed to bend a few people's arms and say, hey, you know, we're all going. You should come to Sydney and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and yeah, I think there's going to be quite a, a big turnout. So, And if we haven't bent your good. arm yet, we're doing it now. Come to Sydney <laughs> in November and hang out with us. We're yep. going to have a blast and that's that's it. I mean, none of us are playing the main event. <laughs> none of us have been qualified uh, That's pretty unlikely, it. yeah. But yeah. Uh, I mean, who cares? There, there, are, there are LCQs we'll on the yeah, there's LCQs yeah. on the Friday, so we, we may qualify through an LCQ, but if not, we'll just be playing side events, so it's going to be pretty sweet. All right, speaking of things that are going to be pretty sweet, Cracker, what yeah. are we doing this weekend? League finals, man. Yeah. This is exciting. I'm really pumped for this one. This is the Explorer League that we've been running for the last month or so, and we've got the finals coming up. So, we've had our break to top 16, so the top two of all of the groups had made it to top 16 for double elimination, and we have now whittled our way down to the top eight, and we've, we're kind of looking at deck lists and matchups tonight for the first round, and I'm, I'm pumped, man. There's, there's a bit of variation. It's not all the one thing, which is kind of what we like about Explorer. There's still a lot of room to manoeuvre around, and we get to sit in front of cameras and commentate on magic for a day, which is just <laughs> heaps of fun. Like, I just get to talk about magic what else do i want to do I, i'm glad you're excited about that cracker because we're uh, a couple of beans we're down of so you and me it's going to be a lot of you and me in front of that camera that's, that's fine we'll yeah be fine. so uh i'll be uh i'll be bringing a red bull or two <laughs> gotta keep those energy levels up sounds good there's probably still red bulls in the fridge from last time, from last time. Is, yeah. yeah yeah okay perfect i don't need to bring any more uh, yep so who's who's in the top eight shorty uh, top eight. So, yeah, we're, as Craig said, we whittled from 16 down to eight. So we have um, in the upper bracket still. So undefeated, we've got Penchair Insanity. So Penchair we've seen before. Uh, they won a league already this year and are sitting on the top of the ladder. Uh, Insanity is new to the Beans events but has come from the ESL world. Atex Walker, the uh, brother of our reigning invitational champion, Jedi's Walker. Pjor, who's been around in our finals for a very long time. Plunksy has come and gone from finals. Hamburger, first appearance, going to be playing from Northern Ireland. So that's going to be interesting timing-wise. I think the 11 a.m. start for us is 2 a.m. for uh, for Hamburger. Uh, Benny R, we've seen Benny R plenty of times, played in the Invitational before, and you've probably got to say he's one of the crowd favourites, don't you? The, the last guy on the list, old J-Mud. He's uh, been around since day dot in the bean stuff, and he's our resident Frank Carsten statistician. So puts in a lot of work behind the scenes for us. It's it's very good. So that's that's our top eight, and yeah, we've got the the deck list tonight, and we know what the matchups are going to be. So we're going to take a bit of a look at that. Chewy, what have we got in the meta game? Okay, so uh, as you said, pretty diverse. Uh, there's only one double up, but even there's there's certainly differences between those seventy five. So uh, Penchair 
is playing Rakdos mid-range, so not the sacrifice version, just like the good mid-range cards. Uh, we've got Jmud on the five-color enigmatic fires list. So basically, it's like the pod <laughs> version toolbox creature deck, which is pretty cool. Uh, Insanity's just bringing the mono green beats. Uh, Atex Walker is on Bant Companies with a, a real angels theme going on. So I'm expecting him to just, you know, end his turn on 60 life at some point. We, oh, do you know what we haven't done for a little while? Maybe we could do. Uh, I'm just adding uh, adding to your work, Shorty, is uh, we need to have some bingo. Definitely need to have some bingo. You know, will Atex Walker gain 40 life in a turn? Uh, then we've got... Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So kind of the opposite of the Bant Angels life game deck is Pedro with Mono Red. Uh, Plunksy and Hamburger are on Rakdos Sacrifice. Uh, so uh, same archetype, different builds. Uh, we'll get into those lists. And Benny R is bringing the Cheons with blue-white control. So, yeah, nice and diverse. There's like a, you know, a good mix of aggro, mid-range, and control there. So... Uh, really interesting metagame, uh, really diverse, and I'm really interested to, you know, see who's playing against who and make some predictions. Mm. All right. Well, we might do it, I guess, match by match because we can sort of talk about the actual matchups, seeing as we know them and we know who's playing who in these first rounds, and we can talk about the deck list as we go, and then uh, yeah, maybe give our prediction on uh, on the winners of those matches. So. Cracker, our first match, Penchair versus Insanity. So these two players have both been performing very well in the ESL events. So there may be some rivalry already in place between these two. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I don't know what their record is, but that might be something we need to talk to them about when uh, when we actually get them on the stream. But let's have a look at their list. So what's Penchair running? Pinchair is running Rakdos midrange. So, as Chewie just said, this is not the sacrifice version. This is the one that's got Tenacious Underdogs, Croxes, Bedevils, Mirror Breakers, Graveyard Trespasser, which is a bit of a house, Kalitas, Kalitas, I don't know how we call it, whatever you feel like. Uh, there's a couple of copies of that, which is a new addition to the format, and a single copy of Glorybringer, which I'm pretty happy to see. I do love me a Glorybringer. So, Super mid-range, I think, is probably how you describe this. You know, Thoughtseize, Fatal Push, Bedevil, Bone Crusher Giant for Stomp, Heartless Act. It's just like... It's actually just green, removal and greenless jund, right? Yeah it, it, yeah, it kind of is. I mean, they. I was going to say, they could put Tarmogoyf in, but you wouldn't want to make your deck worse, so... <laughs> That's uh, in historic oh. anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know. Although well, we're getting a new Tarmogoyf. <laughs> we're getting yeah, Tarmogoyf yeah. at don't, home. Don't, don't put that in your deck either. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this deck looks... Really strong. It it knows exactly what it wants to do is kill everything and just play a threat that is hard for you to deal with. Either just it, everything just returns or, you know, has got protection or like haste or whatever. There's just a lot of, yeah, a lot of value in this deck. Yeah, a lot of value is you hit the nail on the head. And if we look at the removal, right, like Blood Tithe Harvester so can kill stuff. Uh, Stomp, uh, the, uh, you know, the front side of Bone Crusher. He's pretty good at killing stuff. Uh, then there's a Bedevil, which is, you know, a bit of spice. Uh, four Fatal Push and two Heartless Act. Uh, Chandra can also kill stuff. So there is- And four Thoughtseize. Like, and that just yeah. kills things as well. 
Yeah, it does. It, it's it's effectively <laughs> removal in that sense. So it's, yeah, just a lot of like, I'm going to kill your thing and then I'm going to play this sticky threat or this efficient beater or this dragon. And yeah. Well, Glory Bringer kills creatures too. Sure does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kills people. Yeah. <laughs> the best removal. <laughs> yeah, remove target player from the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Pinch is playing against Insanity. So what's Insanity playing, Cracker? Uh, they're on mono green. So, yeah, we've got like, the full eight elves and then some scavenging ooze, pack leaders, Ronus's still if champions, and we've also got uh, four Cocos, which is... Uh, a powerful way to refuel, but oh, I feel like this is an uphill battle for, for the mono green deck, i got to tell you. <laughs> mono green, stompy versus removal dot deck is like, ugh. Yeah, four, four, four great hinge is nice, but yeah. Yeah. Four hinge four, is nice. Four, four hinge, four company, right? Uh, so, like, if Penchair wants to just, like, one for one removal, then Insanity does have ways to sort of combat that. Uh, so it it is you know and he might be able to you know snag a card off werewolf pack leader uh, if he's uh, if he's able to untap with it and and things so the green deck has got game but yeah it I I don't think this is a dog of a matchup for the mono green but I think the Rakdos deck is certainly somewhat favoured right they actually yeah. pick up a lot of tools in the post board game though which I think is interesting because you've got three copies of heroic intervention which give your permanence hexproof indestructible and you've also got three copies of shape of sanctuary so whenever a creature you control becomes target of a spell or ability an opponent controls you draw a card so either things are not dying because you get to intervention them or you just get to draw out of it so it could be interesting there the you know rakdos deck has got unsurprisingly removal spells <laughs> in, in the sideboard and like just a lot of one-offs so I, I don't know like how much you bring in probably like here to get to most of it all and stuff like that i mean you could bring in all of it but you, you just don't need to uh extinction so, event yeah, is extinction event seems it, like it a house exiles 100%. yeah uh, yeah Ep- so, epic downfall so but there's exiles. only one of those there's like they're singletons so it's not like that just those cards don't single-handedly swing the No, matchup. but there's, there's also two Invoke Despairs, which is sure. sacrificing creatures. So, yeah, there, there's certainly ways to get around the protection 100%. spells. But, yeah, I, like I look at this matchup and go, game one, it is so heavily favoured to the Rakdos deck. And then yeah. game two, yeah, the green deck can bring in some answers, but I think game two it's really going to be relying on getting a super quick start, you know, being on the play and, and having that, mana dork into hard to deal with large creature and into great henge and and then just hope that you can sort of go from there and then hit a coco and and just keep the pressure on but it's so many removal spells from the red black deck look it is possible in game one for the green deck to just get you know be on the play get that you know elf into you know still leaf champion and just run away with it like it's it's possible that the Rakdos deck just doesn't find the removal spells. It's it's not likely, but like I think it's it's unfair to say that you know they have no chance because they absolutely do. Uh, like, we've all seen you Mono Green just absolutely run over things, and like Primal Might will just end games out of nowhere. Yep, absolutely. Oh, so I'm assuming you would probably all take Red Black though as the, yeah. the overall. Yeah, yep. but I think it's closer than than we probably initially think. You know, the more we look at it, 
the the mono green deck gets gets points along there. So, but yeah, I still think that like Penchair uh, piloting the the red black deck uh, is you know it's on top of the Envy ladder for a reason. Like that's definitely yes. a factor as well. Yep. So yeah. Yeah, I want to be on the pile of removal spells against the creature deck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and this is in our upper bracket. So the loser of this is uh, still alive. They drop down to the lower bracket. The winner basically has one more match to play and then they're in, they win that and they're into the grand final. So it's a very quick road if you manage to win through the upper bracket. So the next matchup is Atex Walker versus Pjaw. So Chewy, what have we got these players on and what's in the lists? Uh, so when I went through the, the list, I did. Uh, call them the opposite of each other. So uh, we'll start with Atex Walker, who is on the Bant Angels deck. So there's some really interesting choices. So the blue in this deck are four copies of Glasspool Mimic and two copies of Narset Parter of Veils and then sideboard cards. So uh, it's it's a light blue splash, but one of those is double blue uh, in Narset. But uh, it has Wandering Emperor, all of the angel, uh, you know, usual suspects in Bishop of Wings, Giada, Inspiring Overseers, four copies of Resplendent Angel, Angel, Righteous Valkyrie. Uh, it's got Youthful Valkyrie as well. It's playing Speaker of the Heavens, Skyclave Apparition, four copies of Collected Company as pretty much the only a green card in the uh, in the deck. And uh, if you've ever played you know, a game on ladder in like gold or platinum, you've run into this deck a lot. <laughs> and yeah, it just makes an enormous army of flying angels on on 60 life. And, uh, you know, they've all got big bodies and, you know, can just gain a lot of life in a, in a really short amount of time. And the opponent for this, uh, for the first round <laughs> is Pijol, who is the mono red master, but gosh, like this is not you the matchup. You cannot pick a worse matchup. <laughs> no, so, uh, but Pijol is definitely capable. So we've got four copies of Annex, four Bonecrusher Giant, Burning Tree, Emissary, Falconrath Pitfighter, which, uh, you know, is a pretty good jackal pup, uh, Karizev, Runaway Steamkin, Soulscar Mage, Torbrand, a uh, couple of copies of Reckless Rage, Embercleave, and Kamano Faces Kakazan. And the uh, there's a lot of power in the, the mana base here. The beauty of Mono Red uh, is you get to play a lot of utility lands because you're you know playing a lot of basics. So uh, two Castle Embereth, four Den of the Bugbear, three Ramanap Ruins, and a Sakenzen. So there's, you know, some, you know, sp- haymakers that can come out of the uh out of the mana base here you know you play out your hand you deal a bunch of damage and then you bash them with the den of the bugbear or ruins them out so definitely capable of you know doing doing a lot of damage but i think game one the the bant deck is just absolutely going to have a uh, uh a bit of a feast on the mono red deck, unless Pjor can come out with a super fast Embercleave. And then in the uh, sideboarded matches, there is two copies of Roiling Vortex and two Rampaging Frostodon for, uh, for Pjor. So four uh, sideboard cards that, you know, certainly diminish the power of the, uh, 
of the white deck, but yeah, Fry is also a really good side card. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So Pejor has the tools for this matchup, um, but I think he's going to be starting from a, a game down unless uh, unless he gets particularly lucky. What what do you think here from the uh, like Ajani's can probably come in uh, for the for the Bant deck uh, and some heroic interventions maybe, but again not. It's kind of pre-sideboarded for the matchup uh, with all of the large uh, booted <laughs> angels and the uh, the life gain. So, yeah, uh, I think I think the Bant deck is favoured here for me, but uh, there is the P-Draw factor. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's a... Uh, uh- Pejor <laughs> sent me one of the greatest quotes of all time. I told him I, I need to get this as a tattoo. But when I was uh, setting up some stuff for the stream and, you know, I have to input the players' names and, and their deck name and that sort of stuff for, for the, all the buttons that we push and whatever, and I, I pulled up the button that I've previously got set up for Pejor and I was like, all right, open, click on the button. All right, yeah, he's got his name. Yeah, deck name. Oh, Mono Red Aggro. The last <laughs> stream that Pejor played for us, he was playing on Mono Red Aggro. So I, Surprise. When, I let, when I let him know that, his quote was, you live by the mountain, you die by the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yep. I, could, I, can, I could get behind that. But uh, Cracker, you, you think he's just, you know, <laughs> fighting an uphill battle in this matchup? Maybe. The thing is, I have commentated on a bunch of Pedro's matches. He top decks like a monster. <laughs> yes. Like, I swear, you're like, there's a one-outer in his deck and he's dead next turn. Pedro's got it, man. Like, and this is a freener. It's not like we're rig shuffling here. Like, he's... Well, that's a whole different conversation. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like, yes, this is a tough matchup. Uh, I, I think the Embercle version with Torbrand has actually got the best chance if you're going to pick a mono red build to go against a life gain build, then this has the power to just do the most damage. If you're on the burn heavier side, I think you'd be absolutely cooked. And then, yeah, like we said, post-board games, you're just hoping to hit all your Ferrostodons and Vortexes to stop them from gaining life. But uh, I want to talk about Bant Company. Because I'm confused by some of these card choices. <laughs> okay. I love Narset. What is it doing in this deck? Yes, yeah, so I was going to ask the same question. No, no, no. That's that's terrible. Because <laughs> yes. when you cast Company and you find Narset, that is awful. It, it literally has six targets in the whole main deck. And it just... It, it, company costing you seven mana is just terrible. Like, put in... I don't know, a removal spell or yeah, like, I, I yeah, think just this make is it here two to, more apparitions or something. I just don't, I don't understand it. I think it's here uh, to try to shut down Fable of the Mirror Breaker uh, and uh, like the blue-white deck. So it's a metagame call that's probably missed uh, a little bit oh, with the, the yeah, matchup that we've got. A pre-sideboard like, metagame call. Put it in your sideboard then. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think I'd rather just be like, this deck is super proactive. And, like, the Wandering Emperor seems amazing in this. Yeah, I think I'd rather so, four copies of the Wandering Emperor instead of yeah, the two Narsets. Yeah, yeah, or, like, give me a couple of copies of Portable Hole or something else. Like, if we're going to have, you know, a card that you can't hit off Coco, then make it cheap and interactive, not Narset, which is, you know, like, refueling. And you just, you've got so many misses. You've yeah, got, yeah. You're going you're to minus Narset so many times and, and just, just get Narset. Yeah, I, I yeah. honestly think Narset's here for her static ability and... You know, I just don't think it's good enough. Like, no, yeah, I agree. I agree. Do you, do you even care? But 
watch us get shown up on the stream. Oh yeah, for sure. Like <laughs> it, it, that happens all the time. But like you know, that's not the point. My yeah. my job is to make wild accusations <laughs> and stand behind them. And uh, I love Narset. Yeah. But when you're not wheeling, what's the point? <laughs> no. And look, like looking at PJO's list, it's doing Stone Cold nothing in terms of its static ability. Oh, it's an absolute blank in this matchup. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hundred yeah, percent. So my like my query looking at PJO's list. We've got four Soulscar Mage as one of the one drops. There is only two Reckless Rage uh, and the Stomps, I guess, as the sources of yeah. non-creature damage. Generally, the Soulscar Mage, you're playing that with like the Wizards package and the more burn-heavy yeah. because you can shrink all your opponent's creatures and you know blow them out in combat and, and things like that. And that just isn't here, which I think like I, I would have much preferred that Soulscar Mage be Fervent Champion. 100% in, in this list to, to go with all this stuff. Like, it, it doesn't have haste. You're not triggering the prowess very often, and you're not, uh, yeah, shrinking your opponent's creatures. So, and, and you don't get the triple champion draws like you do. No, you? yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, and then, yeah, sort of looking at this list, lining it up against Atex Walkers, it, it doesn't have the, you know, you've got a stomp and, you might be able to pick off something with a couple of reckless rages, but a lot of the creatures in the angels list have like three or four toughness and he's going to just really struggle. Like the, the way the red decks beat the angels list is you kill their turn one speaker of the heavens, you kill their turn two Giada and maybe pick off something else. And, and you just sort of stop them from gaining that early life and then get a, get a board down and just punch their face in before they can end up on 60 life. But if you're unable to check that, then good luck. It's it's game over. So we uh, we taking the Angels company list in in this matchup. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But I, I will asterisk that with it's Pedro. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think in a vacuum, definitely. Uh, I think the the deck capable of gaining forty life in a turn, uh, whilst you know then putting multiple bodies onto the battlefield that are all growing. That's the thing about the the angel deck. The thing that makes it good is it doesn't just gain life; it gains life and then you know makes gets a bunch. Of, yeah, it gets really, really big and can yeah, basically yeah. just kill you in one attack. So yep. yeah, so I, I think uh, I think it definitely takes it down here. Yep. All right, down into our lower bracket now. So these are the players that have no losses to give. You lose your match, you are out of the tournament. So we've got Plunksy versus Hamburger. So Cracker, what's Plunksy running? Rakdos sacrifice with a sovereign sky ship, uh, a sky sovereign console flagship. <laughs> because why not? Just because I've been, I was playing that some of those this week <laughs> when I remembered to. Yeah. <laughs> to Were do you my, playing them in Rakdos sacrifice properly? though? <laughs> no, I was playing them yeah. in Mardu Greasling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's the Raksak mirror, right? Uh, yep, they're quite they're quite different lists, uh, but. Yeah, I mean that's kind of it. We're doing cat oven things here. Yeah, yes. I don't, I don't know how else to, to summarize this. It's list <laughs> we've seen before. It's cat oven, mayhem, devil, obnixilis. You know, we've got blood tide harvester. Some number of croxes in some. Some have none. Uh, they've both got gigantha because 
Companions are still totally balanced. Yep. Slight <laughs> slight variations in numbers and yeah, Plunksy has a random <laughs> sky sovereign for That could be the difference, you know. I mean it could be. <laughs> like comes down, kills something and just hits for six. Like you gotta crew it. Like just yeah, what, yeah, like, what are you really doing with with? this deck? You crew with the blood type like harvester, right? Like it does a great job. Yeah, Mayhem that's... Devil. Like it's plenty of things that can uh crew it. But it's it's a like I don't know. I I think that it's actually a cute card in the matchup. Like and you know it's got to draw it at a relevant time. So you know whether or not it'll actually make a difference. But I think I like Plunks's list not for the Sky Sovereign, but I think the Fable of the Mirror Breaker could be. Wait for it, the Mirror Breaker in this Raptor sack. Oh, get the soundboard ready. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's the although Hamburger's got additional copies of Obnixilus, so they've both got different ways to get ahead on cards. But I think Fable's just uh, you know a bit more reliable and can uh, you know a bit more. I I, I I'm gonna say it. Fable of the Mirror Breaker is probably a more powerful card than Obnixilus. So. Uh, uh, yes, I would agree. And that. That's not yeah. a hot take, man. No. <laughs> I think that's just a, like a widely, widely agreed upon fact. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, I agree. I, I'd rather be on the fable side. Yeah. It just does so yeah. much of what this deck wants to do. Just churns everything, makes bodies. Yeah, just kind of. And the get the a big thing for me for is yeah, like looking at the, the, the two lists, not that different. Fable, yep, hundred percent. I agree that so that puts the favor in Plunksy probably for for game one. The big thing for me is the sideboards. There, there's a fair bit of difference in the sideboards, and and particularly for this matchup, Plunksy has. Two go blank, two graveyard trespasser, one unlicensed hearse. Bunch of very good graveyard answers, and we know what this deck does. It's just cycling things in and out of your graveyard and and all that sort of stuff. So having answers for pesky cats is uh is pretty handy. So none of that is uh, re- is present in hamburgers. hamburgers. Two yeah. two hearses. Hamburgers but, got two hearses. Yeah, but but that's it. So. That is interesting, and I think that's likely to come into play in uh, in this matchup. So it's, I mean, it could be anyone's. The decks are so similar, we just don't know. It might just come down to the luck of the draw and, and how the players play. But for me, I would probably go lean towards Plunksy just based on the uh, the sideboard. What do you guys think? I want to cut a Sky Sovereign and add another Fable, and then I'm all over Plunksy's <laughs> yes. list. Yeah, you said it's like two Fables. Why do you have like two Fables and one Sky know, Sovereign? Man. Like, what? What is going uh, on, Plunksy? I, I like it, and, but yeah, I kind of agree, Shorty, with uh, with your assessment there. Yeah, uh, But look, I do want Hamburger to win because he was in my group in the group stage, so the only one left <laughs> in the top eight uh, from my group. So uh, I've my my heart says Hamburger, but my head says Plunks. Fair enough. All right, so the last matchup, we have two old-time favourites of the Beans community. Hamburger was in my group. What are you talking about? Oh, was he? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just looking away. Hang on. He was in group Kaito. Oh, no, I played Hamburger in the historic event. That's I knew I played him recently. There you go. my, My... my head and you heart. Ruined. I was like doing this like nice I know, intro but to no, Benny listen, R and no, J Mud. Yeah, I'm you're taking, doing a nice I'm, intro, but it's only J Mud. No one cares <laughs> about those guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, we've no, seen no. them a million times. <laughs> <laughs> so right, what are they so, playing, Shorty? What are they playing? So uh, Benny R. Benny R was in my group, and he beat me with this same deck that uh, I'm not the biggest fan of. And Cracker, I, I think this is right up your alley. So we've got Blue White or Azorius Control. 
three Teferi Hero of Dominaria in this deck. All about that, 100%. Uh, but yeah, this is just control stuff. Three Teferis, we've got Wandering Emperors, we've got Shark Typhoons, uh, Supreme Verdicts, Dovin's Vetoes, you know, all, all the counters and removal that we know and love from uh, from Blue-White. And I was playing my Is It Epiphany, uh, Is It Creativity, Creativity deck against this, and it's, it's actually not that bad of a matchup, but once, uh, like you see it every time with the Blue-White decks, once they get to a certain point in the game, they stabilise, they get a Teferi or a Wandering Emperor on the board, and they just start generating value, and unless you can find a way to answer that stuff, it's it's just game over. It's going to take a long time for you to die, but it's it's just game over. So that's what Benny R's running. Nothing spicy, but J-Mud, J-Mud has brought the spice. I think you need to talk us through this list, Chewy. Yeah, okay. So first of all, it's a, it's a Urian deck, which makes the formatting the slides for the deck list <laughs> on stream yes. extra difficult. So thanks, J-Mud. Uh, but... Uh, this deck is cool. So I played a lot of Fires of Invention, and one of the things that uh, J Mud and I bonded over in the early days of the Beans was our, our love of Fires. So this is uh, an 80-card deck with a lot of one-offs, which is super cool. <laughs> so uh, it's playing four copies of Enigmatic Incantation. So uh, basically it's pod. So being your upkeep, you can sacrifice a- Beginning of your end step. Uh, sorry, sorry, at the end step, yep. Uh, you can sacrifice another enchantment. If you do, search your library for a creature card with converted mana costs equal to one plus that sacrificed enchantment's converted mana cost, put it into the battlefield, then shuffle. So it plays Fires of Invention, Oath of Kaya, Path of the World Tree, The Kami War, Trial of Ambition, four copies of Fable of the Mirror Breaker. You can play multiple copies of Incantation and you've got all of these silver bullet type cards like Deputy of Detention alongside Goblin Chain Whirler uh, with, with a Golos <laughs> and a Kenris. So spicy. I know. This I thing is just like ETB.deck. Like every yeah. creature or every spell has an enters the battlefield ability. And he's it's just so much value. Yeah. Yarok to double trigger them and then Thassa to blink them. This thing. Oh, man. I'm yeah. so looking forward to seeing this cool. deck in action. Yeah. glorious. And, the, and you Four know that these games Omnath. are going to be long because it's the blue, oh, the yeah. blue one. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, at like Growth Spiral, Deafening Clarion to, to ramp and to keep you alive. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of sorcery speed stuff. Uh, 37 lands. And I think that this is by far the coolest and spiciest deck in the top eight. But unfortunately, I think it's just cold to blue-white control. <laughs> I just- it's what he said in his, like, he, yeah, he put a note up saying, this is exactly the metagame I built this deck for, except for the first match I have to play. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think he was yep. happy to be paired against anything else except for blue-white control. Yeah, yeah, and it's a yeah a bit of a uh, a bit of a, a shame for for J Mud. There is four copies of Thoughtseize and three copies of Destiny Spinner uh, in the sideboard that you know can definitely uh, help. You know you you can't counter my my enchantments, and I'm going to take your counter spells anyway or your sweepers. So definitely game. But the the thing I find with the Urian decks is you know you bring in three copies of Destiny Spinner in an 80 card deck so it's like having two and you know four copies of thought seeds is like having three sort of you know that's not the exact maths but it's like 
having less because your chances of drawing them are somewhat diminished by just the sheer size of your deck. So it's a, yeah, one of those things, right? It's a, I would love to see J-Mud uh, eke out a win against Benny because if he can get over that first hurdle, I think he's really well positioned, but I I, I don't like his chances here. This is too, too many counter spells. Like in, in the main, you've got four sensor, two Dovin's vetoes. And then four absorbs, other, other removal, hey, four absorbers as well. Yep. And then uh, in the sideboard, you've got two ether gust, which are surprisingly yeah. good <laughs> in this one because there's just so many multicolored things. There's bound to be things that are red or green. Two more Dovin's vetoes, uh, three mystical disputes, which are also good. The main deck farewell is such a beating. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That got that, that got me when I played. Many hours. Yeah, and that's the <laughs> that's the thing. Like I would love to see Jmud take it out, but. Uh, you know he's it's gonna take it's gonna take a bit of luck and his best so yeah because uh, Benny Ari is no slouch as well no. so uh, you know I guess a, a theme of uh, my review tonight is that you know the players are you know as much a factor as the deck lists themselves so it's uh like good luck <laughs> good luck J Mud I'd love to see you know I love I'm looking forward to covering this yeah absolutely should be good so I don't want to play against this deck of Benny Ars. But it is beautiful. Like, it, yeah. it, as far as, like, a hard control decks, this thing is amazing. I've been playing like, this on just, ladder, and it's, it it's just, very good. It just does everything. Like, the the suite of interaction that you've got, and it's not, like, the win-con-less variants. There's just a bunch of ways where they can... This thing is unreal. And this is a deck you want Narset in. This is one I can get... Well, no creatures. No one needs creatures, apparently. We've got a Kahira, because, you know, you might as well have a free one. But... Yeah, Shark Typhoon makes is, creatures. Yeah, you've got a emperor makes to, creatures. To oh, no. creatures so, it yeah. makes them, but there yeah. are none. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Which yeah. is why you want Narset. Yeah, this yeah. deck looks unreal. And uh, yeah, I, I don't want to play it against it or probably even with it, but I'm happy to watch Benny R play it because <laughs> yeah. it's it's great. There are just so many choices and yeah, just ways of, you know, closing things out. And the- I love, I love... Settle the wreckage because yes. that's not normally that's not no. normally a card we're seeing in lists now. People are kind of steered away from that, but they're holding up that manner. It's like, is this the emperor or is this the one of settle the wreckage? When you've got four untapped mana, you've got one behold the multiverse, two memory deluge, settle the wreckage, four wandering wandering emperor at at your four or cycled shark typhoons. Yeah, cycled shark <laughs> typhoon counter. <laughs> right. like, exactly, you've, it's you've, just, yeah, you've got you, so many things you can do with four mana, and it's like, okay, well, I can't just sit here and do nothing, and that's always been the rub against control decks. Like you, you can't just wait them out because <laughs> they will just take so, over the game. They will just hit lands, and especially playing twenty seven lands, they will hit their lands, and then you will just do nothing for the rest of the game. Yeah. Yeah, I think the yeah uh, ben, Benny's in the driver's seat for this one, but yeah, uh, yeah I, I I think you know like J Mud's deck is spicy and I, I love to see it do its thing, but this is this is a great looking control list. Although yeah. in my experience, and maybe it's because I'm still new at playing blue white control, uh, it doesn't have a great Rakdos matchup. Like the the Rakdos mid range and and sack decks can outgrind it because yeah. uh, they're going like one for one removal and sweepers and things, and just the the cat oven shenanigans and and all the rest of it. Uh, so if Benny R is able to take down J Mud, there's a lot of decks left in the uh, in the top eight. Well, that- the, yeah, the winner of this is playing against the Rakdos sacrifice list. Like that's the way the 
the brackets work out. Yeah, so boilers. The, 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 the winner of this will play against uh, Plunks. The winner of Plunks Hamburger, and Hamburger. Yeah, and they're both playing Rakdos Sacrifice. So they yeah. yeah. No matter what, the winner is playing that. And yeah, uh, Benyard does have two resting piece in the the side, which is nice. pretty good against that deck. As is things like Settle the Wreckage and, and all that. So yeah, I think uh, I think Benny's likely to take this match down. Unfortunately for Jmud, but. Uh, Who's your money on for the overall in this, guys? I can't go past the uh, live by the mountain, die by the mountain from P. Jaw, and I'm just going to have to put my money there. Who you got, Chewy? Uh, I just thinking about who I'm thinking. I think the fi- I don't know how the matchups work with the brackets. I haven't looked at that on Challenge, but I can see uh, Plunks taking down Penche in the final. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's that my prediction. Be- that would be interesting. Uh, Cracker? I think Benny gets it done. Oof. Okay. okay. All the way from the lower bracket. Yeah. I, yeah. I think he's got the tools. I think that there's, apart from the Rakdos sacrifice, I don't think he's scared of much. Okay. I, th- I think he's got positive matchups against everything, assuming that Pedro gets rolled by Angels in the first round. <laughs> Looking at the top 16 bracket, Benny lost 2-0 to Hamburger in the first round of the okay. top 16, but then he's 2-0-2-0'd his way through the lower bracket. So yeah. maybe, I don't know if he was playing the same deck. I would assume that he was, uh, seeing as that's what he was playing. It is a rough matchup for Blue White, it really is. Yeah, so maybe Benny makes it through to the next, and uh, yeah. Actually, no, I'm reading the bracket wrong. The... Winner of Benny R and J Mud plays the loser of P Jaw versus Atex Walker. So maybe Benny R versus Mono Red if if that plays Ooh, out okay. the way we're Or if it's so. if if it's Benny R versus the Bent Angels list, then the the blue white controlled deck's gonna be very favoured. Oh yeah, it's yeah, just like yeah, yeah, like you just nice big army of angels kill them yep. all. So <laughs> Yeah, so that that could yeah. <laughs> uh that certainly makes Benia's uh, case a little stronger. Yeah, and, and he is also stronger against that mono red list because it's the creature-based one rather yeah, than the burn yeah, one. So burn. you've actually, you, you would rather see that from the blue-white control side as well. Yep. Yeah. It is interesting. Yeah. So now that we've gone through the lists and we will publicly post the uh, the lists in our Discord so that everyone can access them, but it is it is interesting when you go back and look through the brackets and see the matchups that the players could have and what those decks are and, and try and map out and go, oh, okay, this is a good matchup here, this is a bad matchup here. You can actually do a pretty good job of sort of predicting who's likely to make it through. So No, we can't. That's what good commentators would yeah, do, yeah. Good, good commentators or people, oh, that sorry, have, sorry, yeah. people that have people to do that work for them could do that. And where we have Not that. We're neither good commentators nor have people to do that stuff for us. So unless someone in our Discord wants to do that, and by all means they can give us some stats or some odds on who they think is going to Our stats guy's playing in the event, though. That's yeah, the problem. Yeah, no, yeah. no relying on, <laughs> on J-Mud for that. <laughs> yep. All right. So, yeah, that's... Uh, coverage for this is going to be on this Saturday, so the 27th of August. We're going to kick it off at 11 a.m. Melbourne time. And, yeah, we'll, we'll have a bit of a look at the lists, look at the player profiles, and then run the coverage throughout the day. Uh, it should be a good, fun stream with a fair bit of chewy and cracker on commentary, a little bit of stew, and maybe I, I may jump on for a match. We will see how we go. But, uh, yeah, we'll be... Making our way through this double in bracket, we'll be doing giveaways throughout the day as we always do. So uh, yeah, come and join us. It's going to be an absolute blast, and we'll be 
figuring out who the next winner is that gets the direct qualification to the Envy. So absolutely looking forward to it. Been loving the Explorer format. And uh, yeah, this should be a good day. So make sure you're ready to tune in on that. That's it for this week, the usual wrap-up. So if you want to play in these future events where we will announce on Saturday the next one-day event, the date and format for that, and then we will have one more league to come out with the next set release. The the Brothers War will be the the next league, I believe. So, uh, yeah, if you want to get in on all that stuff, the best place to be is in our Discord. There is a link for that in the show notes. There's also a link in the show notes for our merch store where you can get some Magic Beans gear, hoodies, T-shirts, all that sort of stuff. Any money that we get from that just goes straight back into the prize pool for all the events that we do. And if you're going to be going to Sydney at the end of the year, definitely grab yourself some Beans gear. It was really cool walking into Games Portal on Saturday and there's Jedi's Walker in his Magic Beans T-shirt. And it's like, oh, there's someone who's not actually one of us <laughs> wearing our gear. Yeah, that was that was very cool. So looking forward to more of that when we go to Sydney. Uh, you can go and check out our sponsors, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Check out their daily auctions. Just go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au and when you win something, let them know that the beans sent you. Uh, if you want to find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch and Twitter, there's links for all that on our website or you can just go there and search for Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast and you'll manage to find us. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.